props. Aren't they beautiful? It's about gears. And we're going to be in one, one chapter of one book today. So if you have your Bibles, turn to 1 Corinthians chapter 12. Not going to do any cross-referencing. Just all right there. So you can hang right there in that, in that chapter today. You know, but I believe that God wants to do a lot of things through this church. Do y'all believe that? And he wants us to find out where we fit. When we're talking about these gears, gears are designed to fit together to create something that is usually a movable part. Uh, watches, you know, the Swiss, the Rolex, say they have this Swiss movement, and all the gears are perfectly aligned to keep perfect time. And actually, they don't keep that good a time, I've heard. But, but gears are made to, to sync with uh, the other gears so that they can make something uh, go forward or move or mesh together. Now, I asked the first uh, service, uh, and not many people were uh, willing to admit their age, but that is actually the, the people there a little bit older as, as a norm than the, the second service. But I'm going to ask you a couple of questions. How many even know what three on the tree is? So you're showing your antiquity or that your dad taught you something or your mom. Uh, how many of you know what four on the floor is? Ah, okay. More people know about that. How many of you know if you have a real sports car, it's not an automatic? Yeah, that's true. Because you, you really, you just, it just doesn't work. See, when I was a kid, I was brought up, we were taught to drive with a, a, a stick shift and, or a three on the tree. A three on the tree for all you younger folks, and this is the children's day. Uh, the little, you know, it was like, it was like, wait, going back, I should have got a picture show, to show you because you've never seen such a thing. But on the column, the steering column comes out. Now we have turn signals or the washers or the window washers or the wipers. But back then, they had this thing that came out. It was a handle on it. And you had two pedals in the floor or three. You had a, an accelerator and a clutch and a brake. And, but the clutch, you had to push in the clutch and take this thing on the end of the column and shift it into your gear you are going to go in. Now all you do is just put it and drive and go. And so you, when you had to learn, it was, it was, you had to have a little bit of coordination to learn how to drive a stick shift. Anybody have trouble starting out with a three on the tree? Did you ever grind the gears? And your parents were like, no, you're going to ruin the transmission. Well, I did, I did a really silly thing one time. And I used to sell cars. I sold cars at Shook Motor Company. It was a Pontiac dealer way back. And now it's Mitchell. It's on Knickerbocker. But I worked at, at Shook Motors, and I sold cars. And, and, you know, you'd pretty much do anything to sell a car, you know, especially if there's a lean week working out. And you're not really getting any commissions. Well, this, uh, there's a guy from the military. He came. And he said, I will buy the Toyota pickup. I had to be the up. I, had, I caught this guy, so to speak. It's my turn to wait on him. And he said, I will buy that Toyota pickup with the standard shift if you will teach me how to drive a standard shift. And I'm thinking, he's military. He's got to be pretty smart. Amen. Right? Yeah. Uh, anyway, he, he, wouldn't, he, could, he had no coordination whatsoever. But I said, yes, I'll teach you how to drive a standard and so we're going in the back streets and the back areas off of Jackson, all that little area that was no, nothing was there then. And I'm on the passenger side. I'm trying to direct him how to shift a standard shift. And, man, could he grind those gears. And when we went around one corner, he mistook the clutch for the brake and the brake for the clutch. And instead of hitting the brake as to slow to go around the corner, we're doing a two-wheel because he's in the clutch. And he thinks he's slowing this thing down. I'm just telling you, it's... When you don't know, when you don't know how to 
to sync things up. You don't know how to operate. Uh, when, there's a, when there are gears involved, you can, mess the, you can mess the mechanism up. And it only takes one gear getting out of whack to mess up the whole thing. So let's think of ourselves as gears. Say, I'm a gear. So if you're a gear, you need to fit with the rest of the gears so we can function as the whole church. Say, the whole church. Now, we're going to talk, we're talking about the local body of believers. It also encompasses the universal church, of course. But we're going to be talking, folks, because you're here. And that's what we're going to talk about, okay? So we're going to talk about the whole church. So turn to 1 Corinthians 12. Let me give you a little background of 1 Corinthians 12 real quick. If there was any church that Paul had to admonish to correct more than this one, I don't know which one it was. Because this church is one of the churches he established. He established it as an apostle. He had placed elders in place there. But he would come back and he would check on that church. And he found out that, man, there are some things that are way, the gears are they're off balance. There are things going on that are not good. And you look at very, the very first chapter, he finds out that they're arguing. Believe this or not, they're arguing about who baptized them or not. Was it a Paul? Was it Apollos? Was it who, who baptized me? Who cares who baptizes you? You know, somebody, well, I want so That's great if somebody designated baptizes you. I don't have to baptize people. And Paul, Paul said, matter of fact, I'm glad I didn't baptize most of you. He was trying to distance himself from these people. He said, I'm, I'm kind of glad I didn't baptize most of you. Uh, they were arguing. They were having there was sexual immorality going on in the, in the church. And since it's family day, y'all can tell them about that later. Uh, there was... There was a, they were suing each other. Uh, brothers in, in, in the church were suing other brothers in the church, which the Bible explicitly says don't do. They, they were mistaken. Even in chapter 11, as we took communion this morning, they were messing up communion. They were getting drunk at communion. So they were so, uh, the Bible calls them carnal Christians. They were baby Christians. They were worldly Christians. Uh, they, weren't, they weren't meshing together. They weren't maturing. And so Paul's addressing all those issues, one after one, one after the other. He's addressing the issues. So in chapter 12, he addresses another issue, and that's called the spiritual gifts. Verse 1, now concerning spiritual gifts, brethren, I do not want you to be ignorant. See, ignorant is not a bad word. Uh, Ignorant just means you don't have the knowledge of. He said, "I I don't want you to be ignorant of the spiritual gifts. So in other words, they were probably not very well versed in the spiritual gifts because from 12, 13, and 14, he really had to address spiritual gifts in the church. He was telling them, man, uh, I've got it. we've got to get some things straight with you guys. He said, you know that you were Gentiles, carried away to these dumb idols, however you were led. Therefore, I make known to you that no one speaking by the Spirit of God calls Jesus accursed, and no one can say that Jesus is Lord except by the Holy Spirit. So he was trying to be very basic in telling them, you need to be led by the Spirit of God. You need to hear, hear from the Spirit of God, and you need to walk in the things of the Spirit. And he said, you can't not go back to that mindset of the, uh, the pagan mindset that you used to have. Now, in the church today, many people don't believe in the gifts. Many denominations don't, do not teach the gifts, and I believe there are certain reasons they don't. One of the reasons I believe is if, if we believe that the gifts are true and that they are for today, and if we really believe that the Word of God is what it, who, uh, who He says He is, then we have to operate in those things. We have to be responsible to take those gifts and use them. Now, I remember when I was, uh, when, when Preston was probably five or six, uh, there was a commercial that came out, and they were trying to sell those, those little helicopters. How many radio-controlled helicopters? Anybody in here own one? Does it work? Ah, see. Does it hit walls? Does it break? Okay. Here's the deal. I was going to buy Preston one of those, but he was like five or six, Okay. 
and, and really, I wanted it for myself, okay? Just let's be honest. I didn't even want Wes to have it. It was me, and I was going to use it and give it to Preston and the guys that me and Paul, he and Paul, Paul would go hang out, and I could fly the helicopter. So, so I started researching the, the, the helicopter, and I found out that they were very difficult to operate. The reviews, you, never, you ever read the reviews on Google? And you'll find out, hey, I'm glad I read that review because I'm not going to buy that. Uh, so I, I started reading the reviews, and I thought, these are, these, are not, these are not easy to operate. And then the battery life is real short. You can only fly them like seven minutes or 14 minutes. Then you've got to take them home, plug them back in. Who can fly very far in that period of time? And then if they break, what are you going to do? Well, see, that's what happens with the gifts in the church. The, I believe that the Corinthians, uh, they were taking the gifts. They didn't know how to operate in the gifts. And once they crashed and burned the gifts, they put them on the shelf and said, we're not going to use those anymore. That's what happens in the church. God gives us these specific gifts that we're going to talk about this morning. And he, he gives the gifts to those when you're baptized in the Holy Spirit. He said he gives you gifts. They're not something you can earn. It's just like salvation. You can't earn these gifts, but he wants to give you these gifts. And so many people go, well, what do I do with the gift? Because the church is not teaching people how to operate in the gifts. So next Saturday, you have a tremendous opportunity to come to the ministry gift workshop. Uh, Ron Campbell is going to be here. Don Babin and other people are going to come and share. It starts at 9 o'clock. It ends at 4 o'clock. There's a free meal. The, the syllabuses are free. Everything's free. Say free is good. And you're invited to come, but you've got to fill out that little blue form, tear it off, put it in the offering plate. We need to, We have 103 people so far signed up for this workshop. And we would like more. We would like more because we don't want you going through life going, well, they never taught me how to do that. I don't know how to operate my giftings. The pastor never. Listen, this is going to be an opportunity for you to find out your giftings. You might be so surprised at what God's calling you to do. And you might have put things on the shelf because you tried them and they didn't work out so good. We want you to find your giftings. We want to find, we want to see where you fit in the five-fold ministry. And so it's going to be a really, really important day. I believe it's going to be a, like a landmark day in the life of, of Freedom Fellowship because I believe God's taking us, well, we're shifting gears again. Okay? We have been shifting gears since 2000. When we met in a house with eight people, we shifted gears. We moved to a different place. We shifted gears. We got more people. We shifted gears. We had to make uh, allowances for uh, different ministries to, sh- to open up, and we had to shift gears. When we had to bring on a staff, we shifted gears. We had to bring on deacons. We shifted gears. We had to, uh, we had to lay hands on elders. We shifted gears. We've been shifting gears for a long time, and God's about to, we're shifting gears again this year because God's taken us to another place, and we've got to get to that next gear. It's going to take all of us, though. Say, I am part of the church. You're a member of this church, right? If you're a member of this church, you're part of the church. If you're not a member of this church and you know Jesus Christ is the Lord and Savior, you're part of the church. Okay? There are diversities of gifts, verse 4, but the same spirit. We're not going to hang on all these long because we just don't have time. There are differences of ministries, but the same Lord. There are diversities of activities. But it's the same God who works all in all. But the manifestation or the working of the the outworking of the spirit is given to each one. And you need to highlight this in your Bible for the profit of all. Say all. So he says, I'm giving that God is giving these gifts for the edification, the building up for the profit of the whole body. Okay, for to one is given the word of wisdom through the spirit. 
to another the word of knowledge through the same spirit, to another faith by the same spirit, to another gifts of healings by the same spirit, a workers of miracles, another prophecy, to another discerning of spirits, to another different kind of tongues, to another the interpretations of tongues. But one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as you will or he wills. As he wills. See, he knows how we're supposed to work. Sometimes we don't know. But he wants to give us and, and place us in the body in particular ways that we can work together. Okay, we're, we're going to see this in a minute very clearly. But he gives a little, let me just briefly talk to you about this word of wisdom. It's when we talk about a word of wisdom, we're talking about supernatural wisdom. We're not talking about Dave Ramsey wisdom or dear Abby wisdom. You can get wisdom from grandpa. That's great. A uh, penny saved is a penny earned. You know, Benjamin Franklin can give you a lot of wisdom. But supernatural wisdom is for, super, for circumstances in your life. And somebody or maybe you, God drops a word of wisdom. And you know that you know that you know that this is how you're supposed to go about something. And when you do believe it and receive it, even if you test it and you believe it and you receive it and you apply it, it will work. Amen. It'll work. It's supernatural. It's from God. There's also the, the, the uh, word of knowledge through the same spirit. When you get a word of knowledge or, or we, when we operate in the word of knowledge, that, that means it's supernatural. It's not that I just want to tell you, God gave me a word of knowledge for you today. Man, he loves you. That's, you know, that's great. Uh, you can give him some encouragement, but a word of knowledge would be for this person that God's directing you to, and you see some God's downloaded something in your heart to speak to them. Like Jesus, when he spoke to the woman at the well, he said, listen, that, that man that you got, he's, he's not your husband. You're telling the truth. And all the other men, you've, you've had several husbands. And he said, and, and that very thing that he spoke to her caused her to draw nearer to Christ. When, when you're given a word of wisdom, word of knowledge, these things will draw that person. These will, they, they, will, they will confirm some things that are already spoken into their life. And when Ron Campbell prophesies many times when he calls people up, he has words of knowledge. Not just prophecy, but words of knowledge for them. Cody had a word of knowledge. Cody Eisenbach came into me. He said, man, I was coming in this morning. I had this feeling. I was, I be, God just put it on my heart. Actually, he said, it kind of put it in my stomach. He said, my gut. Uh, that there was somebody that was suffering from dizziness. And he said, I just want to share that with you. And I said, okay. So we presented that to the church at the end of the service. We had a young, uh, uh, older man stand up. And, man, we just bombarded him with prayer because he said that was the very thing that he was suffering from this morning. That, that's, that's a word of knowledge. Uh, we could talk about these things. You can, a sermon, you can do a sermon on each one of these. Uh, to another faith by the same spirit, there's supernatural faith. It's not the faith that gets you saved. That's the faith. That's the measure of faith that God gives you. The supernatural faith, uh, and, and I'm not bragging on me and bragging on God, but when people ask me, they say, well, what, hap- what was going to happen if, if Freedom Fellowship didn't work out? And when you started this work, Harold, what, what happens if, if it just falls flat and nobody comes? I said, you know, I never thought about that. I never had a thought, ever had a thought that what God had called me to was going to be a failure. Because I specifically heard from God, this is what I've chosen for you to do. That was, that, was, that was supernaturally dropped into my spirit. And I operated, I believe, not because of me, because I'm anybody, but because God is everything. And he gave me this supernatural faith to begin the work that I had no clue about what I was doing. Listen, when, when, when people ask, well, have you been to seminary? No, sir. Uh, what do you do for a living? I sell cars. Uh, you know, you just... What, are the, what do you say? Well, God told me. God called me. 
If you want to argue with that, you can argue with it. But, I mean, that's what he called me. Mary Lou had a, a supernatural, a gift of faith when we were in financial, in the financial realm. Uh, when we were meeting, how are we going to pay for this building? We're going to borrow the money. We're going to go into big debt, $250,000 loan. Uh, we're going to remind. And she said, it's not going to be that way. It's going to be supernatural. When Ron Campbell had a word of knowledge, he said, drop it. Drop the building. Don't, don't pursue the building anymore. And I said, well, Ron, what about if God resurrects it? He said, oh, if he resurrects it, it'll be good. So we dropped the building. We, we, we listened to the prophet. And we dropped the, the, the focus of this building. We said, forget it. We'll, we'll just, whatever you want, God. And then a year later or a year and a half, two years later, God brings us this building back for a fraction of the cost that we paid we pay cash for it. Many of you don't know the story. This whole building, 40,000 square feet, we paid less than $3 a square foot for it. $98,500 to be exact. You can't even buy a hard, much of a home in San Angelo for that. And yeah, come on, that's all right. It's, uh, it's all about him. It's all about him. But we could go on and on and talk about how uh, workers of miracles, workers uh, healings, the difference between healing and miracles is that healing takes time. It's a process. Miracles happen when? Instantaneously. That's right. Uh, different kind, discerning of spirits. That's the discerning of evil spirits. Uh, some pe- people, men, you just get the gut feeling. You ever get a gut feeling? You, uh, this is not where I should be right now. Okay, as a discerning of spirit, God gives you. See, a lot of you operate in these things, and you don't even know you're operating in them. Or words of knowledge, or words of wisdom, and I want—I don't know where that came from. Hmm, I don't. And God gives you these things, and now we're going to begin to identify them, so you can really hear God and be uh, more, more readily uh, obedient when He drops these things in your spirit supernaturally. Uh, the spirit, uh, the the different kinds of tongues. And to another, the interpretation of tongues, different kinds of tongues can be your prayer language. It can also be in a corporate setting, and it can also be the interpretation of those tongues in a private setting or in a corporate setting. But they're important part. They're part of the puzzle, a part of the gears that God puts together to edify the church and to grow the church. Verse 11, but one and the same spirit works all these things, distributing to each one individually as he wills. Say he wills. Because this church was messed up. He said, guys, quit being arrogant. Here's a, let me tell you something. The, one of the worst things, uh, this is how the enemy works in, in churches, to divide and destroy. He wants you to begin to compare yourself to other people in the church. If he can get you to start comparing yourself, well, man, Jesus gave me the gift of working miracles. Man, you would not believe the miracles I've done this week. Oh, really? Well, I want to tell you something. He gave me words of knowledge. I, I talked to this family today. He gave me this word. Man, you can become a competition. And God said, no, don't compare yourselves to one another because you're starting to boast about yourself. You can't do anything without him. I can't do anything without him. So he was trying to help the, uh, the Corinthians understand uh, how that they had to work together to accomplish this plan. Verse 12. For as the body is one and has many members, but all the members of that one body being many are one body, so also is Christ. For by one spirit, we were all baptized into one body. Say one body. Whether Jews or Greeks, whether slaves or free, and have all been made to drink into one spirit. For in fact, the body is not one member, but many. Okay, I want to invite some people to come up on the stage. This is not pre-planned. Yeah, y'all don't know who I'm going to call, so I'm going to call. Susan, would you come up? Yeah, she like, oh, man. Don't you hate it when somebody just looks at you? Aaron, would you come up? Hmm. 
You come on up. You, you need to go up there. Okay. Aaron, come on up. Let's see. Uh, let me look around here. Uh, Mark, why don't you come on up? I'm trying to be equal about this. Uh, Charles, can you make it up here, brother? Uh, okay. Let's see. Hey, Judy Crawford, can you come up here? Is it okay? Sabrina here today? Ah, Sabrina, could you come up here? I said we got one, two, three guys. One, two, three women. Oh, we're good. Oh, I need a I need a kid. You want to come up? Come on, Ellie. Gee, come on up too, man. Come on, come on up here. Y'all stand up here. Can you get them all in the screen? Y'all on y'all know you're on live stream. This is L and G. They moved us inside, but we love them too anyway. Their parents took them away. But they get back here as fast as they can, when they can. Okay, I want to I ask you, do these people look alike? Are they all the same height? Hmm. <laughs> now you know why I called on you, Susan. I just had to. But my daughter, you my daughter. There you go. Here, here, let's move. Charles, you stand by Susan. I think that would even be better. There you go. Uh, you kids are going to have to move so we can. No, just. Are they all the same color? Do they all have the same flowing, beautiful hair? <laughs> no, Aaron's got you beat on that one, Charles. Yeah. What do you do for a living? In the military. They pay you for being in the just being there? Yeah, I'm just there. I'm just kidding. <laughs> I, I'm an intel. She's an intel. You want to get to know her. Judy, what do you do for a living? Refied. Okay. Refined cell for comms. Okay. Retired. Semi-retired. What is semi-retired? Like a semi-truck? I'm in the military part-time. Part-time military. Gee, what do you do for a living? School. School. You work for, yeah, that's good. How much do they pay you to go to school? Ellie, what, what do you do for, what? Zero. <laughs> he said zero. Well, we'll talk to them about that. Your daddy's an attorney. <laughs> Ellie, what do you do for a living? Try to avoid my brother. Oh, God. <laughs> Tried to avoid my brother. Oh, got that on live stream. You can watch that later. Okay. There's a brother and sister. What can I say? Okay. And I know you guys are not members here anymore in that sense, but we always count you guys as members. You haven't moved your letter yet, have you? We don't give letters. I'm just kidding. Are they all members of this body? You mean even though they're not the same height or the same sex or the same color, the same jobs, the same description, they can all be a part of the same body? Isn't that amazing? Okay, thank you all. Y'all may be seated. Give them a hand.
It's okay. Look at your neighbor and see how much different you are than them. Think you think about that as as we read the as we read the next part of the scripture. Look at fifteen. And now you'll remember the video and you'll remember these people standing up here. I'm trying to make a point. If the foot should say, because I'm not a hand, I'm not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? And if the ear should say, because I am not an eye, I am not, I am not of the body, is it therefore not of the body? If the whole body were an eye? Any of y'all old enough to remember that movie, The, the, the Glob? It was the one big eye. It's a really bad movie. Just move real slow. It was a big eye like that. If the whole body were an eye, where would be the hearing? Seriously, if, if we were just one big eyeball, we wouldn't hear a thing. If the whole, and what they imply here, if the whole body were ears, where, where would the smelling be? Man, how, how could we operate without all the senses that God's given us? And I know people have to. But now God has set the members, each one of them, the body just as he pleased. Now, that's the third time he's mentioned this. He's given the gifts as he willed, and he's set the members where he wills. In this place, he says it again. He has set the members, each of them in the body, just as he pleased. And if they were all one member, where would the body be? But now, indeed, verse 20, there are many members, yet one body. Say one body. I'm telling you, when God gave me the vision for this body, he said, you're going to have every color. You're going to have every ethnic group. You're going to have every status. You're going to have, you'll have doctors and lawyers and you'll have homeless. It doesn't matter. God shared that. He showed that to me. And when I look across this, this sea of color, you talk about blessed. That God has placed us together. This isn't the norm, church. Even in 19... And even in 2000, <laughs> grinding those gears right there, buddy. Even in 2014, this is still not the norm. It really isn't. Now, you might have lots of ethnic groups, but you don't have that many churches that invite the homeless in and say, hey, come in. We love you. And you can sit next to the doctor. We'll show you the front. It doesn't matter. We are all the same. Red and yellow, black and white, we are precious in his sight. He's no respecter of persons. You think he's going to give somebody a gift and he's going to withhold one from you? Uh-uh. Well, Randy Levins has got the gift of preaching. Well, isn't that awesome? But he has a gift for you too. He has a gift for all of us. And, and here's the thing. Until we, until we recognize that, that he really loves us and he has these gifts for us, we will be like not getting the free, the helicopter. You're going to just, you know, you, I won't get it for you. But God's already got, he's given us these gifts. And even if you mess up using the gifts, don't put them away. Don't put them aside. Just get more teaching, get more equipping. And that's what we want to be about in the next few weeks, in, beginning next Saturday at 9 o'clock. We want to help equip people. To walk in their gift, to know their giftings, and to walk in their giftings. We need each other, don't we? Verse 21. And the eye cannot say to the hand, I have no need of you. Nor again the head to the feet, I have no need of you. No, 
Much rather, those members of the body which seem to be weaker are necessary. And those members of the body which we think to be less honorable, on these we bestow greater honor. And our unpresentable parts have greater modesty, but our presentable parts have no need. But God, but God, but God composed the body, having given great honor to that part which lacks it, that there should be no schism, no division in the body, but that the members should have the same care for one another. Hmm. How much do you care about the other members in this body? I I feel almost, uh, I feel kind of behind because I used to know everybody's name. I used to know the kids' names, and sometimes I knew their birthdays. But that's when we didn't have many people. I said, it bothers me now that, uh, that I don't know everybody's name, and, and I apologize. I guess that's a good thing because we're growing quickly. Uh, a couple of weeks ago, when did I introduce the, uh, the birds? When did I? Was that last week? Yeah, see, we had an Ashley and Aaron in the first service. Did y'all know that? We introduced a new couple that joined our church, Ashley and Aaron. What's their last name, Jeff? There he goes. Thank you, Jeff. Appreciate you coming through for me, brother. Yeah, thanks. I knew that. And so at the second service, Jeff hands me the list of people that are joining, and it's Ashley and Aaron again. And I'm thinking, oh, Lord. Did I introduce the first family? That, did they just not tell me that their names really weren't Ashley and Aaron? Or is this Ashley and Aaron? I thought, man, I'd really messed it up. But I didn't know we had two couples that Sunday join, and the husband is named Aaron and the wife's name Ashley. I don't know how often that would happen, but it happened. And we're going to introduce some new people today, too, so I better, I better move to the end. Here's the thing. I'm, I can't even go into the rest of the sermon. The first service, they got all of the sermon. You're just going to get part of it. If one member suffers, all the members suffer with it. If one member is honored, all the members rejoice with it. Now, you are the body of Christ and members individually. I'm not, you know, when he says when one member suffers, we all suffer. That doesn't necessarily mean that they're suffering and they're in the hospital and they're ill and stuff's going on in their life. It could just be that they're suffering with an addiction could be that they're suffering with an emotional problem or a wound. We need to be aware of that, church, so we can participate with them and pray for them, that we can come alongside those. Listen, if you've gone through something and God has brought you through it, I promise you God's going to put somebody in your path that you need to minister that same grace to. He will. That's just how he works. If somebody else has gone through something... uh, and you, if you've gone through something and God's delivered you from that, he's going to bring people into your life that you're going to be able to minister that same grace to. And, and that's what he's talking about here. If one member suffers, we need to suffer with them in the sense that we need to come alongside them. We don't come alongside them and say, I knew you would mess up again. I know I told you to stay away from that person. I told you to stay out of that place. We don't come pointing fingers of condemnation. We come with open hands and say, listen, I want to help you back up. That's what the body of Christ does. I've been a part of those churches where, man, they wanted to, they wanted to point fingers at you and their accusations, but that's not God. God is a God of love that wants us to step up and step out of the muck and the mire that we're in, but he uses us to do that. 
That's why I wanted you to lay hands on somebody going through some bad times. Speak life to them. Would you stand this morning? This is the morning we have some people that have already designated they want to be a part of Freedom Fellowship. And after the prayer, we'd ask, well, go ahead and have the ministry team come forward. But after the prayer, we'd ask that you come forward and and um, share that with one of the ministers. Okay. But here's the main thing. The, the invitation is this. Well, since we're talking about the whole body, maybe you don't maybe you're not plugged into a body. And even today, Holy Spirit would say, this is the place I want you to plug in. I want you to be one of the gears there. If he's telling you to do it, do it. If he's not telling you to do it, don't do it. Don't come here saying, this sounds like a cool place to be, and God's not calling you here. Just wait on the Lord. He'll show you where he wants you to, where you, where you want you to be. If you're here this morning, man, you go, I don't have any gifts. We'd love to pray for you. When God comes in power, he said the Holy Spirit comes upon you, and he says, first, you're going to be my witnesses. He's going to empower you. The gifts he gives us are not for ourselves necessarily. The gifts that he gives us that we talked about this morning are so we can minister to other people. They really are. And so if you've not been ministering to people because of whatever reason, and you just, oh, wow, so I can have these gifts? Yes, you can. They're for you. They're for the people of God. They're for, he wants to give these gifts to you today. We'd love to pray with you for any need that you have. We'd like you to come forward, and we want to pray for you. Merely want to play on that. Would play for us. Let's bow our heads. Father, I thank you for this day. And I bless this gathering of your saints. Especially, Father, those that are, if they're struggling today with the gifts that you have for them, that today would just be the beginnings of them saying, Lord, whatever you have for me, I want it. And they would, that their walls would come down that said the gifts have ceased. And they would really want to open the gifts that you have for them and operate in those gifts. They would want to learn how to operate in the gifts. Not so that they could be anything, but that you could be everything. So they could really be able to minister in the body of Christ. That we could minister to each other. Father, as we've lifted up Melissa James and what she is going through in this, this uh, death diagnosis has been spoken over her father we've, we've seen the body come together and to lift her up to pray for her healing father that's what we do she's not even a part of this this congregation but father the body comes together to, to, to bring healing and life and hope to one another so today father I just pray if there's one here this morning first of all if they don't know you that they would come to that place of knowing you they'd allow you to enter but, Father, for those who are questioning the gifts, Father, that today they would say, I'm dropping my guard. I want everything God has for me. Father, I pray for your presence. I pray, Holy Spirit, you would just descend upon those people this morning in power to bring revelation to them that every good and perfect gift comes from you. And we'd receive those gifts. We'd honor you with those gifts. In Jesus' name I pray. If you don't know Christ as your Savior, step out and come. We'll pray for you. Step out and come. If you're not sure about the gifts, just step out and come. We'd like to pray with you. We'd like to just pray with you and anoint you with oil and pray over you. 
step out and come. Listen, if we're going to be the church God's called us to be, if we're going to be that church that changes situations and circumstances and we really got to come to the realization we need each other. So just step out and come. I want to pray for you this morning. Come on. Don't be afraid. Don't be ashamed. If you don't know Jesus, we want to pray for you. Thank you, Jesus. Come on. This today, God said, this is the place I want you to serve and plug in. We invite you to go ahead and come forward. good word Kristen said maybe we need to repent for making judgments against the gifts that's, that's something we all need to do I mean that I had to do it one time if you've ever said the gifts don't exist and they're there for back then uh, you just need to repent that means that if the word of God has resonated in your heart this morning you'd repent even making that judgment and asking God to forgive you so I want everything here's a simple thing when we began this work we, we came out of a denomination the simple statement I made was, God, whatever you have for me, I want it. No limitations, God. That's really what he wants. It, it, it's, it's not complicated. And I just said, Lord, I, I want to read this again. I want to read it with your eyes. Not my eyes anymore. Or not some denom- uh, denominational eyes. I want to see it through your eyes. Man, it just, it will clarify things for your, in your life, in your spiritual walk. It will clarify them. If you'll quit thinking in, in terms of what you've been taught and just get to the Word. Get in the Word. Say, God, I want you to teach me. Holy Spirit, I want you to teach me. Start reading about the great things that God did through the apostles and the disciples, the evangelists and the prophets. And he says he's no respecter of people. He'll give you the same thing. So, Father, I thank you this morning for these that have come forward. Is there anybody else? Want to come forward? We'll wait for you. We're still a little bit. We're we're good on time. Okay, some some of you are here this morning. There's a battle going on in your mind right now. There's a battle against. I believe. I don't believe. I believe I don't believe. So right now, in Jesus' name, we just bind up a religious spirit. And the religious spirit's a mean one. It'll hold you back from really experiencing everything God has for you because you'll be more locked into religion than a relationship. So we just bind it up. There's no, there's, there's none of that in heaven, so there shouldn't be any of that in earth. So we bind that up in Jesus' name, and we just lose truth. Just lose truth in this place you receive the truth of the gospel this morning. If that's you, we'd like to pray for you.
you're here, when I call your name, come stand at the front. Vanessa and Andrew Salinas. Uh, Karen Turner. Alex Irvin. Kenny and Gina McRae. Jason Fuchs. You, if you're here, I'll come stand in the front. Just face that way out. These are all folks that have said that we come desiring to be a part of Freedom Fellowship. You don't have to.